So for Christmas, my mom got me a cross-stitch kit because I'm officially a grandma. I love that. So I was looking up cross-stitch patterns while I was waiting for you to be right. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. But I mean, I figure because I'm having surgery soon that it'll I can. Give something to do. It'll give me something to do while I'm just, you know, sitting. While you're elevating your foot. <laughs> the only thing I'll be doing is elevating my foot. It's very so, exciting. Keeping it in the air. Keep your hand at the level of your eyes, except it's keep your foot at past the level, the level of your heart. Yeah. That'll also <laughs> prevent you from being strangled. <laughs> yeah. Because you're, you're in a weird position. position. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was I saying before I got distracted? Uh, I don't know. I got distracted by your distraction. <laughs> I was like, oh, are we starting? And then my brain just like pressed control delete and then i ended task and went to the next task <laughs> hey y'all welcome to episode 123 did i say that right is that what you Let's said? go with it okay welcome to this episode of i'm sorry what the podcast <laughs> i'm amanda christina's over there um it's we're winding down from the the excitement of the holidays in the new year happy 2022 we're about a weekend i'm still a loser I'm just what about you I'm still fat and full of cheese and confused as to what day it is yep so we were sitting we're like sitting in the boat of holidays still so that's that's where I'm at I keep I keep thinking today's Monday it's not it's Sunday I was doing that yesterday um, I, I was thinking. doing that yesterday going I gotta go to work tomorrow it's Monday and yeah. then I woke up and I'm like it's Sunday and I still went to work so it's fine um that's my life update <laughs> right just going to work doesn't matter what day it is i gotta get up and go to do work get up and do work uh did i did you send did you see that tiktok i sent you where the chick was being chased by a bear yes i was just watching it before you got on while i was waiting for you to say roger that where she's like snowboarding and she's like like, she's got rihanna and she's like work 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 and you can like hear the bear growling and chasing her and she's just like Work, 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 work. Has her headphones on, just clipping on her snowboard boots and just like ready to roll, takes off and then turns the camera and there's a bear chasing her. It's like, oh, doesn't shit. even know it. <laughs> Can you imagine watching that video back after you're done? Right? Like, oh my God. <laughs> so I was just almost, I almost died. Cool. I was almost mauled by a bear. But it's also probably good she didn't know because she probably would have panicked and fucked up and then actually got mauled by a bear. Yeah, she was just so mellow. Yeah, just work, 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 work. <laughs> Dude, I got, okay, so random thing. I got um, a couple copies just randomly in the mail of Harper's Bazaar. Ain't never signed up for that shit. It's, it's a November dis- copy and a January copy. I'm not sure why. That's fucking weird. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I just, they were sitting here. I was like, oh yeah, that was weird. And I was like, well, maybe it came with a thing that I signed up. I don't know. I don't know, but it was odd. And I'm like, I have no interest in looking at them except to like cut them apart and make collages out of the pretty, out of their eyes, pictures, out of your eyeballs. <laughs> I used to do stuff like that. Yeah. Cause you're a fucking creep. Yes, I am. Oh, I forgot to tell you. There's a running gag now with me and my sister because she was doing my hair and when I was at her house, she was complaining about how cold it was and I was like, I don't get cold. Like I'm not cold. I feel like I'm like it's it's nice. She's like it's fucking freezing. And I'm like I don't know, maybe it's because I'm large and in charge. <clears throat> and she's like, "Oh, shut up." And I'm like, "No, I've got 
got a whole lot of insulation like a polar bear and she goes at the exact time, same time as I say polar bear she goes you mean like an orca <gasps> and I go I mean I wasn't gonna say whale but <laughs> I mean if you want to take it there and she's like I didn't say whale I said orca and they're magnificent hunters <laughs> and I'm like an orca is a whale <laughs> so then the rest of the time she would say something and I'd be like oh I'm sorry do you want me to move my whale blubber to another location <laughs> I wasn't trying to I was I was just trying I thought we were doing something I thought this was banter I didn't mean to uh, it's like you're a boat <laughs> back yeah. in the day it's like I, I, I'm sorry I, I was going I was like I was going with you know polar bear because it got like like thick skin and a, a thick coat already built in and there is some blubber but it's not all blubber like in a whale you know but it's fine let's let's go there that's, that's, that's okay I'm okay if you're okay <laughs> sorry I just was I was just playing around <laughs> that's literally <laughs> And then she kept going, I did not call you a whale. And I'm like, what is an orca? And she's like, it's a whale. And I'm like, exactly. And she's like, but I didn't say you're a whale. I'm like, no, you said I'm an orca, <laughs> which is a whale. <laughs> she's like, if it helps, they're very majestic. I'm like, it doesn't, but thanks. Thank you. You know what they also are? Large. They're, very, they're large. <laughs> But they're majestic hunters. They're magnificent hunters. Oh gosh, you guys. Uh, so these guys. These guys. My family's weird. It's okay. Mine too. Should what we? What you got? What you got? What you got for me, baby girl? I have two stories that are basically the same. They're serial killers that have not been solved, but kind of solved from Ohio. One is recent, and one is old. Okay. I have the recent one pulled up. Do you want to hear that one? Perfect. Sounds like a okay. plan. Ever heard of Dr. No? Sounds like a Marvel supervillain. So uh, I'm just wondering. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's going to be a uh, MD no. no. Um, okay. <laughs> so fucking stupid. You, you dumbass. You're a dumbass. Okay. Okay. So Dr. No is the nickname given to a suspected American serial killer that um, is believed to be responsible for murders of at least nine women and girls in Ohio between 1981 and 2004. Uh, The victims, he primarily chose sex workers working in parking lots and truck stops located along Interstate 71. Okay. And there are suspicions as well that he committed three similar killings in New York, Illinois, and Pennsylvania between 86 and 88. Okay. So, uh, news that a serial killer was attacking women in truck stops in Ohio, it was first reported in the early 90s. Uh, There were similarities in cases of murdered women that led to many to believe it could be the work of one person. According to some, a man using the name of Dr. No would solicit women over a CB radio, mainly sex workers, to a location where they would later be found dead. Thus, the name Dr. No. Andy Kane. (laughs) Get you candy cane. It sure is. What's the other one? Uh, I don't know. Shit. No, it's gonna bother me. Now we gotta know. Rusty nail. Rusty nail. That's what it is. Sure sure is rusty nail. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. God damn it. All right. And then, and then after that, when when it's creepy and not just them fucking Mm -hmm. around, candy cane. No. Uh, Anyhow, Dr. No. Okay. So 
Okay. Found them on the radio. Uh, yes. Some of the victims were sex workers at the Union 76 truck stop in Austintown, east of Akron and west of Youngstown. It's the largest truck stop in Ohio, mm-hmm. leading to investigators to suspect that ki- the killer was a truck driver. Most victims were found without underwear and shoes. Okay. So the killings are believed to have started in 1981 when the body of a young woman was found in Miami County, Ohio, which is near me on April of 20, April 24th. After a forensic examination, it was determined that the victim died from strangulation, having received a head injury beforehand. At the time of the discovery, no personal belongings or documents were found, which made her identification difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was well-groomed and there was no evidence of sexual assault. Investigators did not characterize her as a sex worker. She was nicknamed Buckskin Girl for a tasseled buckskin poncho she was wearing and was not identified until 2018. Oh, wow. As Marsha King. Marsha. Marsha King. Now what follows is going to be basically a list of victims and how they were found. Okay. So, um... 25-year-old Marsha Matthews was found beaten but barely alive on June 16, 1985 by a trucker one mile away from Union 76 truck stop. She died two and a half days later from a traumatic brain injury sustained after the beating with a blunt object. Then on July 20th, 1986, so a month later basically, the body of 23-year-old sex worker Shirley Dean Taylor was discovered. Uh, She was also beaten and strangled to death. Uh, Before her disappearance, she was seen at the Union 76 truck stop where she went to meet a regular client nicknamed Dr. No. Her body was discovered a few miles from the place of her disappearance with her underwear and shoes missing. Then in December of 86, uh, 18-year-old sex worker April Barnett went missing from that Union 76 truck stop. Her body was only a few, found only a few days later, 70 miles from Austin town. She was beaten, strangled to death with some of her clothes missing as well. A few days after April's murder, 28-year-old sex worker Jill <laughs> Allen was found murdered in Illinois near Interstate 70, which is where they why they think it, he crossed borders then. Despite the fact that she had been found in another state, she had been beaten with strangulation marks found on her neck. Her shoes, bra, and underwear were never found. Then 27-year-old Anne-Marie Patterson went missing on February 7th, 1987 from Union 76. Uh, her semi-decomposed body was found 40 days later, 250 miles away in Cincinnati, A week before the disappearance, she had been arrested by police. At the police station, she gave information about a murder suspect and described his car. Okay. During the investigation, law enforcement agencies discovered that uh, Patterson had made an appointment via CB radio with a client named Dr. No, who she characterized as extremely negatively and then disappeared. The police later, from this, the police later uh, told the media and they started using the nickname for the killer okay on august 10th 1987 another victim's body was found in anglewood the victim's jeans and underwear were at her ankles while the upper parts of the clothes were missing according to the nature of grass depressions and the tire tracks located at the scene they actually believe that the victim or the killer threw the victim's corpse out of his car wow they believe that she was between 20 and 25 and had died from strangulation she remained unidentified until 20 10 and she was identified as paula beverly davis who was 21 at the time of her death then november 22nd 1987 so we're 
two years in now. Uh, the body of 19-year-old LaMonica Cole was discovered at a truck stop in Breezewood, Pennsylvania. Uh, despite the truck stop was located in another interstate, uh, he Cole was included as a potential victim because she had died from strangulation, was a native of Ohio, and some of her things had been recovered while others had not. Uh, during the investigation, LaMonica's pimp, 24-year-old Derek Mims, told the police that an alleged killer with whom Cole left on the day after her disappearance was traveling in a blue semi-truck with white stripes. I gotta say, I like the name LaMonica. That's interesting. I've never heard that name before. Yeah, I do too. 31-year-old Terry Rourke was murdered in March 29th, 1988 in New York. Her body was found on one of the bridges passing through Mohawk River. The medical examiner found that the woman, she had died from a traumatic brain injury that occurred during a beating with a blunt object several hours before the discovery of her body. Her clothing, including underwear, shoes were never found, leading investigators to include her in the list of potential victims for him. Right. Um, then in April of 1990, another female's body was found near a truck stop on I-70. Most of her clothes are missing. She died from a traumatic brain injury resulting from a beating and had, they said, had had sexual intercourse 12 to 24 hours before her death. Okay. So they didn't ra- ma- note it as rape, but. Right. Because you don't necessarily mm-hmm. know. With these conclusions, investigators suggested that the victim was a sex worker and had fallen victim to the serial killer. Despite multiple attempts to identify her, she remained unidentified until her identification as Patrice Anita Corley, 29, in 2017. Wow. So that was the last victim that they believe. That's wild. You can totally tell why they're like, uh, this is all connected because yeah. the same missing garments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, that's kind of wild. I don't know. I'm just going, you know, oh, I can't imagine. That's so sad finding all these say like women Mm -hmm. in their 20s just and not even knowing who half of them are for 20 years right that's that was the other sad thing is like their families went yeah 20 years without knowing just didn't know oh so during the course of the investigation the police interviewed hundreds of sex workers pimps service station employees and truck drivers in an attempt to find witnesses and identify the offender according to the witnesses the killer appeared to be a tall, large man with fair skin and dark hair, age 25 to 40. He wore glasses and talked with an accent matching that of somebody from the northeastern states. The vehicle he was driving was described as a 1984 silver truck with a wind blocker and a red hood. The Ohio State Police Department and volunteers from various civil society organizations posted over 4,000 photographs of the victims and an identikit, so like a drawing of the offender, at mm-hmm. 130 truck stops and service stations across Ohio and 1,350 truck stops in nine other states, through which interstate motorways were where the serial killer would ride through, offering a $10,000 reward for information about him, but nothing ever turned up. DNA was found on most of the bodies to establish if the sperm had the same affiliation. A forensic examination was carried out, which gave mixed results due to the fact that all of the victims had engaged in sex work during their life and authorities started questioning whether the deaths were actually related since no other incriminating evidence was found at the crime scene, such as fingerprints, hair samples, pieces of clothing. The investigation to this day couldn't establish the killer's identity. Right. Like the thing that's linking them is the MO, nothing physical that is definitive right huh so there were some suspects 36 year old alvin wilson uh he worked as a trucker who owned two tractors was among those whose hair samples matched those found on some of the victims but again they were transient Mm -hmm. sex workers so 
was he a client? You know, right. Um, credit card receipts and other evidence indicated his possible responsibility for the Ohio murders. Uh, in 1990, he was arrested on charges of assault and attempted murder of a woman in October of 1989. After his arrest, the girl contacted police stating that in 1986, he had picked her up in Akron after playing or paying for her services and had beaten, attempted to strangle her afterward. Uh, he was tested for any involvement, but the revolt results were inconclusive and he was released. Um, then there was 36-year-old truck driver from Ohio, James Robert Cruz Jr. He was convicted in March of 1993, murder of a 17-year-old Dawn Marie uh, Birnbaum in Pennsylvania. Her body was found along Interstate 80. The girl's body was discovered a few days after her death. Most of her clothes were missing. He was considered a possible suspect in the Ohio killings. He was tested, but no charges were filed against him concerning the other murders. So I'm guessing he didn't have any DNA matches. Right. Uh, 28-year-old year old Sean Patrick Gobble. 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 Uh, he was a trucker from North Carolina who had admitted to killing two prostitutes in Tennessee in April of that year uh, and was among the suspects for the murder of a North Carolina woman in early 1995. Uh, as a trucker, he traveled to several dozen states across the country where cases of disappearances and murders of sex workers along interstate highways were recorded. Following his arrest, he was investigated for murders in at least 10 states, but was cleared of suspicion being Dr. No, since at the time of the first murder in 1981, he was still in high school. Oh. And in the mid-1980s, when the majority of the killings took place, he was serving in the army and was stationed outside of Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So in November of 2005, on the basis of DNA profiling, they arrested 46-year-old Delmas Colvin, a truck driver who killed five sex workers in Toledo. He later admitted to killing at least two others in New Jersey, but denied any involvement in the Dr. No murders during the 1980s and could not corroborate. They couldn't put anything on him for those. Right. This, it's... <laughs> There's so many, I know so many that are suspects that have admitted and been proven to murder, but not connected. This is, it's kind it's of creepy. Yeah. I'm disturbed. Okay. Candy cane. Okay. Candy cane. Okay. okay. Is that you? Is that your is rust and nail? Rust and nail. <laughs> rust and nail. I'm, I'm here to just... inquire about your rusty tea kettle. <laughs> Rusty, no, I'm here to inquire about your rusty spoons. Would you mind if I touched this rusty kettle? Oh, you're so I'm good sorry. against my finger. <laughs> God, that's a throwback for you, elder millennials. Uh, right? Uh, salad fingers. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyway, back to the murder. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Then in early 2019, 49-year-old Samuel Legg was arrested in Arizona. Uh, using DNA profiling, law enforcement agencies were able to prove his guilt for four murders in Ohio and Illinois, for the, the first of which he committed at the age of 20 in 1989. His initial arrest was due to a match for an unsolved 1997 rape of a minor in Medina County, where he was extradited to stand trial. Sounds like a nice guy. He had previous criminal history and was suspected in a 1997 Ohio rape case of a 17-year-old girl, but was never officially prosecuted. The rape occurred at a truck stop on I-71 when the girl had been hitchhiking rides from truckers from Cleveland. Okay. 
So investigation of the cold case by Medina County prosecutors Forrest Thompson in 2019 found that Leg had given the teenage girl a ride to Cleveland to see her boyfriend at Case Western Reserve University, drugged her, raped her in the cab of his truck on the return trip to her home in Lexington, Ohio. He was later charged with two counts of first-degree murder for the death of 39-year-old Julie A. Concole, who was found strangled behind a truck stop near Illinois border with Wisconsin. DNA from Concole's case was found to be in connection to several other cases. So this is where it gets kind of confusing because I kept reading a bunch of different articles about how they connected him as Dr. No. Mm -hmm. but I couldn't find where he was actually charged with the murders for Dr. No. Okay. So it's like, but it may be because he was indicted on this, this rape and the murders and was Mm -hmm. found to be like mentally incapable to stand trial. Okay. So he has been basically interred at the twin Valley behavioral health center in Columbus, Ohio, which is a maximum security facility where he has been involuntarily committed and is not permitted to leave. Okay. And so he has been, it was in in November of 2021, he was determined to be guilty of the rape in the 1997 case and was ordered to remain in that facility because he's not, he can't stand trial. So, um, from what I, I couldn't find where they like definitively confirmed that he was Dr. No, but then I read like a bunch of the articles were saying that it's been solved. It's considered solved. So I think that they are assuming that he is the right. And guy. they're either not charging him because he's already going to be, um, he's been committed indefinitely basically. Yeah. Or they're waiting until he is considered competent. Or this, obviously, or, this just happened in between 2019 and 2021. Or it's an active thing. So, so with COVID, I mean, they may still just be investigating and getting their ducks he's already, in a row. Right, right, since he's somewhere that he's not going to be doing anything. So that huh. is my story. Interesting. I gotta say, I gotta say, um, uh, like Ohio it. has a lot of a lot of shit happening in it, by the way, because I will be looking up stuff and then I'll be like, oh, it's in Ohio. Great. Cool. Yeah. Great. Oh, it's, it's in Ohio. But like multiple times since yeah. I started researching and you were there. And I don't know if maybe I'm just noticing it now because I know that's what I was there. thinking. But then I was like, um, I have two now. This the other one is from like the 1890s, but still. Still. It's been going on for a while. <laughs> Maybe it's just because it's the middle hub of the nation. Okay, I'm done there eating Cheetos now, so we can uh, we can hear your story. Lovely. I am going to tell you about David Curran, aka the Screwdriver Killer in Ireland. Did he kill with screwdrivers? How did you know? <laughs> just a lucky guess. <laughs> You know, it'd be funny if you were like, no, actually, it was with hammers and a nail. I don't know why. He just really liked to drink screwdrivers while he killed people. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. He would get drunk on screwdrivers, actually, and then kill people. So, <laughs> so nice try, but nice you're try, wrong. But you're wrong. Okay. So, in Dublin, Ireland, in a small town, you have to Trinna? say this whole story with a Irish accent. I'm not gonna because that's embarrassing <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna piss off a lot of people if i try um 
in small town i'm already gonna piss him off because i don't know how to pronounce some of these names like the town name and stuff mm-hmm. drimna how do you drimna? spell it d-r-i-m-n-a-g-h drimna say it again slower drimna yeah it's like the a-u-g-h is like a like the sound plow ow drimnow yeah drimnow that sounds right drimnow sounds sounds like it would be right anyhow (laughs) cut that um, out it was a very small low-key town not a lot happened in it um although like if you're looking at a per capita kind of Mm -hmm. situation it did have a slightly higher crime rate than the rest of ireland at this time in 2008 um so i mean i just think of like our small town we grew up in technically per capita it had because of drugs it had crime but it wasn't like violent crime you know we grew up in fucking mayberry who are you kidding i know but for real though our town back in the day was like number four per capita for drugs i know it's because there's farms everywhere and everybody can make meth real easy that and everybody's bored as shit Mm -hmm. and all there was to do when you were young was to drink and do drugs and i i mean not i didn't do any i know amanda played with leo i did you know (laughs) I was 11. Suck it. Make fun of me all you want to, man. I can't help that I had such a creative mind. Anyway, so February 23rd of 2008. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. <laughs> uh, it was a Saturday, the morning on a Saturday. There was a group of youths, is what I wrote. Fucking youths. <laughs> uh, drinking and doing drugs. Uh, they were specifically taking Xanax and drinking straight vodka pulls right out of the bottle. Oh, nanny, the, Zanny the nanny, man. Uh-huh. Don't make me think of Kaylee. Okay. okay. Anyway, um, so the, you know, in the morning, that's just, just wild to me. It's seven a.m. and I'm just like, damn. So <laughs> seven a.m. <laughs> it, it made me think of on a new girl when. <laughs> Nick's like, I'm going off the grid, and he's drunk. And he comes in and goes, It's 10 in the morning. Did you even think about what you're going to do with the rest of your day? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Right, this is what I'm thinking as I'm reading that. I'm like, What the fuck? You're, you're anyway. doing Xanax and vodka pulls right like at seven in the morning. That is an accurate statement. What are you going to do with the rest of your what? day? Did you even think about the rest of your day? <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so one of these uh, cool kids was David Curran. Okay. Uh, Curran was 17 years old at the time and had a genuine addiction to the to drugs and alcohol. He'd been drinking regularly and doing drugs regularly for years at this point, like to the point of at 15, he dropped out of school to pretty much just spend all day doing drugs and finding a fix. Sounds terrible. Uh, Sounds like was- a lot of headaches. Like that's what that's all not I think if you're about. always drugged out. I suppose, drunk. but like I'll have like we did mimosas one morning and I was like paid for it for like two days on Christmas. I was like, why did I drink so much champagne? Like this is terrible. You're like, oh, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and my my hangover starting. I know we did mimosas and then we did tequila or margaritas at night, and then the next day I was like, oh, I've got rot with all the fruit juice and I don't feel good. Also why <laughs> why did why did I do this to myself I know that's uh, I can't think of I can't 
Ew. Yeah. Sounds so, fucking terrible. <clears throat> Mr. Curran uh, pretty much took care of himself with petty crimes. He would, uh, you know, thieve from people. He would break into he like would abandoned thieve places. from people. Thieve, thievery, theft. Got it. Um, you stole know all the shit. words. He just stole stuff. He was stealing a lot of things. He was he had a bit of a violent streak, but nothing like too crazy. Nothing of note that I could read. But he just financed his addiction, and he kind of comes from a family of thieves and financiers. Criminals. Yeah, you know, you know, cool kids. He came by it very naturally. Uh, the morning of February twenty third, though, when they were, uh. This makes no sense. I'm just going to say it what I remember. So where they went to go get the uh, vodka and beer from at the corner shop, uh, then they walked over to this canal and just drank and did drugs for hours until like 3 p.m. So that's what they did with their whole day. That's what they did with their whole day. And mind you, it's fucking February in Ireland. (laughs) It's not warm. Sounds terrible. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what they did all day. Right around three is when the teenagers decided that they were going to part ways because three of them wanted to go get food in town. They were hungry. And Curran and Sean Keel, I believe is how you say his name, uh, decided that they were just going to go rob somebody or find something to steal so they could get more drugs. Okay. Class. Uh, In the next town over, the two hooligans found an abandoned factory and broke in. Two hooligans. Yep, the two, because there was three. I wouldn't classify this as hooliganery. I would call them assholes. (laughs) Little shits. Asshole. (laughs) The two little shits. Ron, you're an asshole. Um, (laughs) So so they broke into this like abandoned warehouse factory thing. I couldn't find that they stole anything, but I'm assuming they went and tried to look for like metals and stuff that they could figure out getting money from. Uh, the three that wanted to get food went and ate. And when they finished, they came out of the shop. And then a man, Powell Kalite is his name, uh, walks out of the shop with his food. He had just like walked in, got food, walked right back out. And he accidentally bumps into the boy teenager that was with him because it was two girls and a boy. Uh, the boy becomes livid at Powell, like livid, pissed off that totally like the guy that you know, he was looking at me wrong. So now I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. He didn't even look at you. Just relax. Just, so, you need to calm down. He's probably just looking behind you. Right. Or zoning out. I do that so many times. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I realize I'm looking somewhere and I make eye contact with the person that I was zoning out past. I hate that. And then you can't stop making eye contact with them. Like you and turn like, away, but then you immediately look back and you're like, stop, just stop looking at them. I well, don't know and, why you're having a problem with this. And I know we keep making eye contact because you keep looking to see if I'm staring at you again. Right. <laughs> exactly. I hate that. Uh, so he gets all fluffed up and pissed off and starts this like, scuffle with this man so he starts yelling at him the man yells back because why the hell are you yelling at me like i just ran into you accidentally um and oh my god this reminds me of friends that one episode where ross and ben stiller rachel's dating ben stiller (laughs) (laughs) oh my god he's so he's just so mad he screams at ross and then ross is like he's a psychopath and he's (laughs) he's like 
what okay ross okay <laughs> what are you carrying hot coffee yes. <laughs> that's what it reminded me of i'm sorry um so while they're fighting the two, two teenage girls decide they're gonna join into and start meeting on this man with this boy okay so it's uh, okay yeah so it's a group of teenagers beating on this man i almost said gangbang and then i was like nope that's not right and powell is like our age uh 30 33 in that like range i saw a couple different ages but okay around that time around that age um so powell falls to the ground the group begins kicking him and stomping on him and spitting on him uh and this is when a car stops on the road the driver jumps out pulls the teenage boy off of powell um and coincidentally this man was his uncle david curran's dad because the boy that was beating it's like a whole little web the boy that was beating on this man was curran's cousin oh and so david's curran's dad came in jumped in pulled this boy off they don't say them and i'm assuming it's because they're minors um they don't say the names but pulls him off and it's not to like stop the fight oh no uh he grabs powell and throws him up against the store wall like the outside of the store and starts screaming at him um because like i said runs in the family they're just kind of Mm -hmm. shit people uh he punches him in the face and threw him back to the ground powell was able to get up and get away at that point um so he runs away while he's running away in some of the articles it said the girl yelled a racial slur at him because powell was polish in ireland mm-hmm. and so i don't What's know it's a polish racial slur so it didn't say what she said that she just said it just would say that she yelled racial racially charged and racial slurs at him because later on it's another thing that they bring up but they don't say specifically what it was okay. anyhow okay uh so he throws him to the ground he runs away and he gets yelled at while he's running away so like i said he was a polish native he was in town for work okay it's like dude Um, i'm just trying to get paid can you get off me get off my dick he worked like all seven days of the week it seemed like Mm -hmm. uh saturdays his regular routine was stopping at this little cafe getting food and then going home like that's just what he did every saturday that he was working uh, when he got home, his two roommates asked him what had happened because he was all like roughed up, you know. And he said he quote got into a brawl with some stupid little punks. That's all he said, and then didn't say any more. And they didn't really push the subject. They thought maybe he was embarrassed, so mm-hmm. they were like, okay, you know, that sucks, whatever. And they moved on with their day. The teens were still pissed, apparently, though. Uh, they were unsatisfied with how the whole thing went down and that he got away with just getting roughed up. I don't know what they wanted to get done to him, right. but whatever. Uh, the boy called David Curran at this point. That was her, his cousin, you know, mm-hmm. and relays the whole story to him over the phone. Um, he also asked Curran if he could, he and Sean could meet up with them and, they told them that they had stolen okay so this is a random thing so what what sean and david were up to while this was happening they broke into that little like factory they mm-hmm. stole a moped um and they started stripping it for parts okay so they said they were doing that so they wrapped that up and they decided that they would meet up with the rest of the group again and when they did 
the the story was given like explained again but you know it was in person this time so he got all heated and it was very like mm-hmm. amped up emotionally charged and so for whatever reason Curran thought that the whole thing was a personal attack like that it was like a personal purposeful thing that happened okay um though they didn't even know Powell the only they only referred to him as the bald man so okay. that's how much they knew about him uh and apparently they needed revenge so it's about 6 30 p.m at this point and the group begins walking the streets looking for powell or finding his house wherever he went curran is kicking cars and walls and he has a screwdriver in his pocket that he pulls out and he's scratching cars on the road they're screaming Mm. for whatever trying to get him to come out trying to figure out where he went somehow I don't know how they found Powell's house and uh well up oh, there it is and they stood outside yelling insults and threatening him and just being just ridiculous you know <laughs> um so Camilla and Maurice which are the roommates Marius not Maurice Marius I said the wrong thing I'm like that's not right um were there too and they were also Polish and they said that the yelling outside caused Powell to have like a breakdown. Like he was just having a meltdown. And eventually he all of a sudden like went click. I'm going to confront these kids. Cause I am over this. This needs to stop, mm-hmm. whatever he runs up. Well, not runs. He goes outside and his roommates follow along. Um, after him, Powell yells back at the kids. Uh, and they start getting closer and closer. Uh, David Curran then grabs the screwdriver out of his pocket and jumps at the three adults so Camilla was the closest one to him at that point and she like jumped out of the way because she saw that he was coming Mm -hmm. and dodged it and then Curran drove the screwdriver right into Powell's head (gasps) yeah those are blunt they're not even that sharp no that's one of the things is like it takes very Wait. they said the medical examiner said it takes like immense force to make the penetration that he did like it was went it through into his brain flat head i couldn't tell you couldn't tell um, you um it did seems like a bit of a missed opportunity to get some more information but okay it, i'm just saying nobody was specific about the kind of screwdriver that was just plowed into this guy's skull okay okay sorry just i'm just saying <laughs> um so he did it two times right into the temple so he broke through the temple wall broke into the skull and into his brain okay icky uh so why you needed to tell me that i got the imagery from you telling me you stabbed him in the head like excuse me was it a phillips you wanted information i'm giving you information that kind of information uh so powell falls to the ground screaming and crying holding his head obviously he's like hey ouch yeah well and it hit his brain so he Mm -hmm. had like a it was like a ringer instantly you know where he couldn't think couldn't whatever so he falls to the ground holding his head um while he's laying there sean keel the really cool other kid Mm -hmm. decides he's just gonna jump on him and start kicking and stomping him too while he's laying there bleeding uh camilla was frozen with fear because she's couldn't believe what she she's like i couldn't believe what just happened Mm -hmm that like i didn't believe it and marius jumped over the fence and leaned over powell trying to somehow like get him up get him help um and then corinne launched on marius 
and stabbed him in the side of his head, penetrating his brain as well. Jesus Christ. Well, think about it. He's jacked up on drugs from all day. He's just not, he's just an angry, angry boy. I don't like that. He's 17. He like big mad and I don't like it. Why are you, why are you like that? Yeah, no, it's, ugh. So uh, all of this, uh, all of this contact, this whole situation, they got there and Powell walks out from that point to both of them being stabbed and on the ground lasted like less than a minute. It was like a minute long. That's how fast everything mm. happened. He came out, yelled something at them. The got, kids got close. He got stabbed him in the head. Marius jumped over, helped him, stabbed him in the head. And then they just left. And Camilla ran in, called 999 and was like, I need somebody here right now. When they arrived, the two men were unconscious, but still alive. Uh, when they got to the hospital, they got to work on them right away, trying to like relieve the pressure in their brain because they were swelling mm-hmm. and all of that. But within a few days, both of them had passed away from their injuries. Uh, not long after that, after them getting picked up, the children, like the teens were ID'd and they were pulled in. Um, Curran said that he had no idea what happened. He had no idea of the murders at all. Um, and they arrested Keel, who said that it was a totally different group of kids. So now everybody's saying like a different story. Right. Because we know you guys were together that day. You were seen together. Mm-hmm. So how are you, you knowing something, you not knowing anything, you say that this was happening at the, you know, right. Uh, so they knew for a fact that it was them. They seized the teen's phones and they looked at their text history to see if maybe there was some sort of condemning information in them. Mm-hmm. And they found some. Genuinely, one of the girls was talking about the murder to Corinne. She was just like, oh, it was crazy yesterday. And he's like, and Corinne told her, uh, delete this, get rid of your phone and get a new one tomorrow. Like, why are you saying information right now on a text? Oh. And she's like, ha ha, it was just crazy. And apparently she didn't take him seriously because she still had the phone in the text. Oh no. <laughs> <You're> so <laughs> after the authorities brought the texts, what she had texted to the attention of them, they all pretty much just gave up and spilled the beans and told them what happened. Uh, when asked why they did this, why he did this, Curran basically just said that he was mad about how the man treated his cousin. It, that, that's it. That's his only thing. And he said that he had gone mad and that he had no control over his body. He even said that later on when he like kind of shook off that like red rage, <laughs> red Ross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that. Um, that he threw up thinking about what he had done. And I'm like, whatever, you mm. threw up because you drank like multiple bottles of vodka and took Xanax all day. You, yeah. You know, I don't believe you for one second. Um, Sean, the other cool kid, was also getting looked into and the police found that he had already had 18, so he was 18 and he already had 75 previous like charges brought upon him for drugs and violent crimes okay holy shit (laughs) uh so and even at this time he was out on bail for something for a violent crime so that's cool i love when i read that uh two years later the trial would begin uh curran said that the motive behind attacking powell was that that day was 
he thought that so he thought that this guy stabbed his father this was his argument which is totally made up because it was never Mm -hmm. told before this when he pulled him up off of the ground that day because remember his dad jumped Mm -hmm. in and pulled him up and whatever said he thought that the guy had stabbed his father I don't know if maybe it was embellished by the other teenagers what had happened and so they said something and he actually thought that that had happened or but he his never drug mentioned it brain was yeah like twisted the story into mm-hmm. a different you know i don't know but a majority of people think he's making it all up but there's no proof of knowing what he was thinking obviously right um he pled not guilty of the murder but guilty of manslaughter on the grounds of provocation thinking that he had stabbed his dad mm-hmm. so it seems like he was just looking for a lighter sentence basically like right obviously Obviously, I did it, but I, you know, I had to stand up for my family. Okay. Uh, no one, no one bought his story, though, and he was found guilty of murder and was sentenced to life. Um, Sean Keel was brought up on murder charges as well, but found not guilty because of murder, but just of assault because okay. he, his actions didn't cause the death of mm-hmm. either of them. Uh, Curran released an apology for the two men's to the two men's family, but it fell on deaf ears. They were like, "I don't want to hear anything from you." Fuck off. Um, Powell was like I said, Powell was only in Dublin temporarily mm-hmm. for work, and he was supposed to go back to Poland where he had a serious girlfriend who they were planning a future with. Like, and, and I was reading an article that said that they were literally on the phone earlier that day talking about what they were going to look for in a house when he got there. Oh. So I'm like, oh, my heart. Uh, Curran is still in prison, but in 2018, he was released on to visit his family for a day, David, day pass visit, mm-hmm. which the community was outraged by because they were like, okay, he m- brutally murdered people and he's going to get to go visit his family who is also criminals. I don't understand. Right. Uh, psychologists have looked at Curran and basically said that he was pretty much inevitably going to become some sort of a criminal because of the way that he was raised in his family he's a tippy top bob yeah exactly his father was a professional criminal he was part of a gang that would regularly regularly do tiger kidnappings which were basically they would kill pete not kill oh oh, geez (laughs) (laughs) quickly they would take people or kidnap people and basically make them do illegal things like rob a bank or go do this or we're going to kill your family or kill you or whatever and then sometimes kill them sometimes set them free but that was like their what they were known for the gang that he was part of uh Curran's younger brother Paul was actually murdered as well he was stabbed six times in 2016 he was attempting to buy a half an ounce of cocaine from a dealer when the dealer asked Paul hey pay up he pulled out a knife and said he wouldn't so the dealer at first was kind of just like okay you know whatever I guess we're done here then and as they turned to leave the dealer pulled his own knife and stabbed him in the back of the leg they think he may have been on like a staircase Mm -hmm. or something um, or it was to make him not run away, stabbed yeah. him in the back of the leg, leg, and then overpowered Paul and stabbed him in the chest uh, four or five times. Mm-hmm. So uh, that it's 
it was just more of a oh that's an interesting tidbit about the family as well that right. his brother actually was murdered too but this was like two years before his little family visit so it mm-hmm. was already eight years after he had gone to jail right um but yeah that's the sad story of uh the screwdriver killer poor Powell and marius i'm just saying i can't even imagine i think of my migraines and i'm like oh god can you imagine if it was actually something no i don't wanna i don't wanna icky Ew. and then poor camilla i feel like she probably has terrible survivor's guilt after right watching that happen and oh but that is the story that i have for you this week he's a very fiery redhead corinne is yep just uh he's real irish Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but then at the same time i don't want to say i feel bad for him but it's also unfortunate that he lived such a weird life before that that he turned to all of this negative stuff right so i don't know everybody in the story i'm like god that just sucks like it just sucks i'm sorry what you doing stretching your face can't stop staring at my double chin it's not a visual platform so they don't have to they can't see see it you know what whatever i want to put your face on my face and wear it as my own face Thanks. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Bikes. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. You the best. Oh, I, I was thinking that and then you said it. Oh, how were you? Oh, so spread the words. Spread yourselves. Plural this time, apparently. All of you. Spread spread all the words and all yourselves. Yeah. In this life and the next. Oh. Ditto. But not the one after that. Keep yeah, to yourself then, from hey, now on. Then you got to think of a different word or words to spread. Okay. Well, okay. T- see, see you later. <laughs>